Welcome to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where I talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, be more confident and get unstuck at 30. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest to you, the first ever male guest coming onto the Turning 30 podcast, Ben Harris, 30 years old. Ben wants to help you feel free from fear. He's a fear mentor and intuitive guide, giving you everything you need to know about fear and remind you how amazing you are. He believes that fear reveals when you are not free. And the most terrifying fear is also your greatest gift, teacher, medicine and opportunity. And I've invited him on the podcast today to talk all about turning 30 and feeling fear. Hi, Ben, and welcome to the Turning 30 podcast. Yo, thank you so much for having me. As how many Americans do you usually have? Uh, yeah, I actually have a, a mix. I'd say predominantly Brits, but I have had, mm-hmm. you're not the first American. However, you are the first male. So, right. so that hits my ego. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm actually a bit embarrassed uh, that I'm now on episode 20, I think this will be when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And you're the first guy I've interviewed. So thank you so much for obliging. And I guess I want yes. to start by asking as somebody who you're, you're a life coach and you are, I guess, in a predominantly female industry, yes. do you get a lot of feedback or even, I guess, attention because you are a guy? Yes. <laughs> so, and that's something I'm trying to, I don't want to say shift because I'm not trying to like change the world, but in that way, right? Of like force. That's what I mean by that. For me, it's more... So me specifically, even on my own podcast, right, it's mostly female as well, but I've started to shift that. So I'm doing a men's program in 2021 and I'm doing a lot of work on my own masculinity uh, of what that means. And also that includes femininity too, but really calling in more men who are doing the work because, but it's, it's interesting. So Yes, I do get recognized for that. Like I've been on other podcasts where it's like, oh, you're the first male. And this, the self-help or spiritual space, whatever you want to call it, is super feminized. And even, and that's something I've realized recently, even myself of being in this space is there's a lot of super feminine energy, but it's also like distorted feminine energy. And so it's just fascinating to just awakening and learning more and more about the things so simple answer to your question yes but I provide a little bit more context (laughs) no I love that and I think what's really important for me and my listeners as the turning 30 podcast so I'm a coach that predominantly coaches uh, individuals who are in their late 20s early 30s about this transitional time and most well actually all of my clients up until now have been women and mm-hmm. I have done a few initial consultations with men, but never actually signed a client. And I think that I'm not sure why this is. I think that there's a few different theories. Is it because mm-hmm. men are less open to self-help, which is what you obviously were just talking about now? Or is it because the other reason that men don't feel as pressured about turning 30. So it's something that I'm really interested to dive into. And Mm. when I reached out to you, you mentioned that you're actually turning 30 very soon, right? In a few weeks. Very soon. 
So how are you feeling about this milestone birthday? I'm, I'm stoked. Like it's time. Like I feel I've talked about this, not on my podcast or anything, but just in different private conversations. And I really have like tw- my twenties are killer. Like I've, I've lived so many different lives in my twenties. I've really tried a, a lot of different things and I've just started to say, yeah, like I'm 30 and like, it feels good. And it's just, to me, I've hit that level of like maturity too, where I just, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. So I feel really good. And as a world, most of the world, we're obsessed with staying young and youth, but to me getting older equates to wisdom and to lessons and, you know, being just, I don't know. I like, I've been, I like getting older and I swear I'm getting healthier too. Like my body is stronger. I'm in the best shape, you know? And like, even I went to a physical gym the first time this week. Cause I, in addition in 2020, in addition to the pandemic, I'm traveling too. So I haven't had a permanent home. So I went to the gym the first week. And it was just surprising, like I lifted weight and this is as a male American, yes and no pounding my chest right now. But like I lifted more weight, it was like easy. Like, and I was like, wow, like I haven't even done this. Like, of course I'm like staying consistent, like exercising and stuff. But the whole point (laughs) what I'm saying is that turning 30 is really, I love it. It's, I think I'm getting some dad strength. I'm getting in more ways than one that's physically, I'm not a dad yet, but even for that, I look forward to that. Um, like having a family, you just start to figure stuff out and you figure out what you want. I'm speaking, I should, I, I figure out what I want and figure out who I am. I'm becoming more and more myself and remembering my true essence. So yes to 30 and beyond. Love that. And it's exactly how I feel also about being in my 30s, what you just said as well. You know, there's loads of memes about like, oh, your back hurts more at 30. And obviously there is funny things like that going on Instagram. But I also feel in the best shape I've ever been in physically. And more than anything, it's the emotional side of things. Like you said, Mm -hmm. older, wiser, like more experience, more life experience. And for me, everything you said, I just really resonated with. But of course, we would say that. Well, I would say that anyway, because that's what I do. I help people to get to that point. And it's really interesting to, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on, do you think it's potentially biological clock related that men don't feel that same pressure maybe to be in a relationship by 30? Mm. Because what I find with a lot of my clients, you know, I have, I have a mix. So some of my clients are married and some are in relationships and some are single. But I think the feeling of being left behind and not being in a relationship, women panic. They do. They get to mm-hmm. 30 and they feel the social pressure and they say, okay, I thought I would have a, at least be with someone by now and be having kids in the next few years. What if it doesn't happen? And it really can get into a negative thoughts spin of thinking of all the possibilities of what might not happen. And actually, when I've spoken to my guy friends or even my ex-boyfriend and I would say you know I do turning 30 coaching and they're like well, what's the big deal about 30 really in the way that you mm. just said like uh, you know 30 is great so I'm trying to work out what what is it <laughs> why do why you know do men feel better about turning 30 than than women yeah I mean I think it's a mix in speaking like generally speaking because there's like everyone's an individual but I feel there's more pressure for men as far as money and success 
So that's where the male or the masculine energy is more into, right? Like, do you, are, do you have a career, you know, and, or are you making money? Are you successful in that way? And yeah, for sure. The biological drives of a woman is like, you do like want to start, like there are biological and physical things that like having a family is more difficult as you get older. So that's completely understandable why women feel that. So that's more, I feel like that's, I mean, that's pretty basic, but from the people that I've interact, interacted with and coached, but to go another layer deep beyond that is like for women, like I coach a lot of successful, like highly ambitious women and it's, but they get so comfortable in their ways of being alone or being so successful, having this business and being validated for that. That's where they feel safe. That's where they feel comfortable that that's where the fear comes in of leaving that comfort. And same thing. I was talking to a friend last night because I'm off social media right now. And the first question people usually ask when I tell them that is, well, how are you going to get business? And so, yeah, of course I've had that thought. I've had that fear, but I want to not like social media. Instagram is not my business. Like I am, it's much more powerful than it is a tool. Like, I love, like it's done so many good things for me, but it's not me. You know, like I am the powerful thing. I am the creator. And so is everyone listening. And so it's trusting God. It's trusting universe to like, I know the clients will come and it's not even about that. It's much more than just getting clients. It's what transformation am I going under in this short time that is going to even provide more impact, provide more money, you know, provide more whatever. And so it's we and why I'm bringing this up is because going back to the comfort thing, a lot of men and every every human is like this because we're just biologically programmed this way and then uh, culturally conditioned to stay in what works. So I could easily stay in social media is working. I post this time, this many times a week. I get this many clients. I talk about this thing that people really like because I get the likes, but that does, does that fulfill me? Do I feel aligned with that? Do I feel my most powerful self? Do I feel authentic? And do I love it? Do I, is that my why? Do I feel aligned? And so many people don't, right? And rightfully so. It's, it's completely understandable, but that's why you stay in a job you hate. That's why you stay in a relationship that's no longer working. It's because you have literally become comfortable in that misery. And even though your life could be so much better, whatever that means to you, is you have to leave that thing. You have to feel the fear and lean into it to risk it, you know? And a lot of people get hung up on like what that means. And they tell themselves the story of what that means, right? But you just gotta, like for me, I'm in the middle of something that I know what it's doing, but I don't know what it's doing. And I'm excited to figure it out and enjoy the process of it. Yeah. I love that you've brought up the next topic that I wanted to talk about, which is fear. And obviously you're the fear guy on your Instagram, even though you're not currently on Instagram, but um, that this is obviously what you're good at is basically helping people to, to overcome fears exactly as you've been describing. And that links to the age thing, because as you were saying that people 
just feel so comfortable when they get into that space where they can't get out of their comfort zone because for the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, all the different fears. And it links Mm -hmm. to age because I find a lot that my clients are set in their careers. Let's take careers as an example. um, And they're in their good job that looks, I'm doing air quotes, that looks so great from the outside, but on the inside doesn't feel right or doesn't feel like it's something they want to carry on with. And one of the biggest fears or limiting beliefs that I have to overcome when working with clients is that fear of age, basically. Like, I'm mm-hmm. too old to do this. I, after 30, I can't have a career change. I've got a mortgage or I've got responsibilities. You know, what will people think? Is that something that you also deal with? You know, that fear of... Yeah you know, I'm already at this certain point in my life right now, so I can't pivot or I can't change. Yeah, I like that. So so I think the surface is age, but if you go deeper, it's much more than that. And I would be, I think, no, some people, I was going to make a generalizing statement about those people probably haven't taken much risk in their life anyway. And I think that is true for some people, but I've seen and worked with some people who have changed, like they've gone through something, like they took a risk and it totally burned them. And now they don't want to ever do it again. And it's, it's different when you have like a family, you know, you have obligations, you have a mortgage, you have all of these things, but all of those things are stories anyway. So it's all of what you assign meaning to. We all do it all day, every day. We're assigning of importance or non-importance of what we think about something. And so you just have to change that. It's like, okay, let's say you do leave your job and you lose your house, you file bankruptcy. It's worst case scenario. A lot of people are worried about the worst case scenario. But what does that mean? So I encourage people to f- actually feel that. Because a lot of people are just so afraid of the worst case scenario, they don't actually go there. They don't actually feel what it would feel like. But if you feel that worst case scenario, you know it's very recoverable. You've probably been in that situation, right? You've been a college kid with like no money before. So you, you've done it. And if you just really go to that worst case scenario, you know that you can bounce back from it. And it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you suck. It doesn't mean you're inadequate. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. To me, if anything, it shows a display of courage. It shows you were willing to go against what people told you. And one of my stories is like, I bet $40,000, not bet, I invested. I invested $40,000 into a high risk investment. And later I found out that I, I was getting paid for that money, but later, like a year later, I found out that I lost that money. And so I could immediately go, that was the dumbest decision I've ever made. I'm never risking anything again. I shouldn't have done that. Ben, why are you so dumb? And I could have let that just keep me like stiff and rigid and frozen and never take a risk again. But instead, I remember telling one of my friends very specifically who was in the same investment. I said, dude, I this is losing $40,000 is going to teach me how to make $40,000 in my business, you know, and that's exactly what it did. This was right before I rebranded to the fear guy. This was before I got into fear coaching and losing that money was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it created the space. It created the opportunity and inspiration for me to find out 
how I could best help people, which is in my highest power, which is being the best me. And that wouldn't have happened in the same way if I wouldn't have lost that money. So a lot of people can look backwards, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But if you can learn, this is a new level of mastery. If you can tell yourself how something is happening for you and how it's in your benefit, it is completely transformational. You're so powerful. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you brought up the worst case scenario because that really stops people from making decisions and getting out of comfort mm-hmm. zones and fear because they think, oh my God, obviously your brain automatically goes to the past and all the bad things that have happened and then it replays you know, everything that could possibly go wrong. But one thing I've always learned is that sometimes you're already living your worst case scenario because your worst mm-hmm. case scenario is usually just a feeling, okay? It's just the way yes. you feel. It's just an emotion you're experiencing. So I have clients who don't are back to the job example, who are stuck in a job that they really hate, but they're so nervous to quit or apply for a new job or open that business or to start that side hustle or whatever they want to do because of a worst case scenario of what if it doesn't work, which will cause them to feel like a failure or frustrated or disappointed. And I always have to draw their attention to the fact that, but aren't you living your worst case scenario right now? Because you already yes. feel all those things. So I think that's a really good point for anyone listening who feels paralyzed by fear. Yeah. And what you said, which I love, right, is you're already living that. And that's, so fear is the best thing and the worst thing. Like, I love it. It's, it's one of our greatest teachers, but it can also be completely, it is debilitating because you have to remember fear is doing, if you resist your fear, it's doing the exact thing that you don't want to be done. So it's, okay, I'm, you know, I'm in this job I don't like. So I apply for a new one or I start my own business, whatever it is. You're not doing that because of fear of failure of something not working for the worst case scenario. Well, guess what's already happening? You're, you're literally fulfilling that scenario by you not taking the chance. So you are rejecting yourself. You are failing yourself. It's so once you realize that it's, you're already doing that to yourself. It's, it's empowered. Like you're afraid of something that hasn't happened yet. And the worst case scenario and the best case scenario, I like to envision both. So they both haven't happened. A lot of people, especially in the corporate world will say, think realistically, you know, be realistic. It's like, well, Mr. Or ma'am is like that worst case scenario that you're telling me about has not happened. So whether I think about the best case or the worst case, both of those haven't happened. And I'm just as delusional if I think about the best case than if I think about the worst case, which is so funny because it's like they both are futures that haven't happened. They're both not real. Both is not, they are not, one is more, not more realistic than the other. It's literally just what you choose. Even if the best case scenario doesn't happen in the same way, I'd rather spend my time feeling because you brought up emotion because that's what humans are driven off of. We're emotional beings. So I'd rather spend my time feeling better about envisioning the best case scenario. And there's so much science and psychological study of what you focus on, you will see. So it's, I love to bring that up because a lot of people think be realistic. You're being delusional. It's like, eh, we are both delusional because both things haven't happened, but I want to choose on this one that I want to see happen. Yeah. And I'm really happy you brought up about failing ahead of time because that's what fear makes us do. Exactly like you said, it makes us fail ahead of time. And actually, as you were just speaking, I was thinking, isn't life weird? Because usually 
the worst case scenario or the best case scenario doesn't happen. It's usually just something in between. And we get so caught up on making a decision about what to do. And it's like, well, probably it's not going to be 100% perfect because, nope. you know, what, you know, what is. And usually the worst case scenario, which, you know, when you catastrophize, can never say that word, when you catastrophize that something's going to happen, like lose your house or, you know, end up homeless or whatever, 90% of the time doesn't happen. And if it does, like you deal with it and exactly like you said, what happened to you with your investment, that you, you learn from it, you know, you, you lean into that and you take it on, you know, and you've obviously, because of that, managed to build a successful coaching practice. So really good advice. And actually, uh, I wanted to ask, you've already been really giving practical tips, but let's do hypothetical scenario that I'm coming to you. I'm a potential new client. I feel very paralyzed by fear and I can't make decisions right now because I'm just, you know, everything's a jumble. I'm spinning out. I don't know what I want to do next. What would you practically speaking recommend that I do? So Emma, do you, do you have, is this you at all or what fears do you feel? This is a hypothetical person because I actually have this thing where I think I've become so obsessed with taking risks that it's actually become a problem in my life that I don't have any fear right now. (laughs) Maybe you have this as well. It's kind of like just, I don't know, I started coaching on this and then after a while I really got into the whole making sure not to be paralyzed by my, you know, held back by my fears. And right now I'm Mm. like making very, very risky decisions or riskier decisions than I've ever made before. But let's just say, let's hypothesize that mm-hmm. I am really afraid of a failure, that what happens, what I'll make it mean if it goes wrong, making this new decision, let's just say setting up my own business is the decision. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I'm really afraid of is what other people are going to think about me. Boom. I love it. So with a failure, I would, again, it's going back to those, that worst case scenario, and I would just fill in the blank. If I fail, that means I am blank. If I fail, then I feel blank. You know, or if I fail, people will think I'm blank. You know, so you're kind of getting the root of those feelings. So whether it's um, hypothetical or whatever you feel, what first comes to your head when in your mind of if if I do this and my business fails, then I am what would you say? Okay, I'm going to think back to when I first started my coaching business because mm-hmm. I had a year where I was really tough. Like I hadn't managed to like see any any improvements and I wasn't the, the clients were knocking down the door, let's say. And ask me again the blank to fill up to fill the blank in. No, oh, I love that. So, well, let's talk about that. So, were you going full-time for the first year or were you still were you still working somewhere? I actually just very fearlessly quit a job without anything to go to and then was like, okay, what do I want to do now? Okay, let's be a coach. That was, I mean, obviously simplifying it, but that's a little bit what happened. (laughs) And then I did my coach training and started coaching people for free. And then I just, there's a lot of noise in the coaching world. I'm sure you know where you get told, oh, make X amount of money per month. And it just, everyone, everyone on Instagram making, making it look easy. And I just thought, oh, that will happen to me. And then obviously didn't and I hadn't actually found my niche yet of working with turning 30 it was I was doing more general career coaching at the time so yeah I was full-time at this time to answer your question cool so at one point 
so what thoughts were you having? Like when you weren't signing clients, how did you feel? I felt like a huge failure. I just felt like I wasn't capable. I wasn't competent. It made mm-hmm. it mean that people weren't interested in me helping them. They, I'm trying to think what else I thought at the time. That I mean, I that's great. To, yeah. Yeah, good, I mean, all the, yeah, those are good, right? Okay. Of basically, I mean, I'm incompetent. I'm a failure. People aren't signing up with me. So all those are kind of thoughts that anyone is going to think. And so why I love fear is because I use it as medicine, right? It's literally, it's, you can get to the root of everything. I think fear is at the root of everything. And so those thoughts that you have, a lot of people you have to remember, like, you know, we have what, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. We are only conscious of maybe 5% of those. And so for me, what I love to do is track my thoughts. And then that will just give you a sense of what you're actually thinking, right? And then from there, it's like, oh, no wonder I feel like crap. Because I'm literally thinking this many times a day. And you have to think of, like, you're only getting maybe 1% of those thoughts, right? That you are actually recording and tracking that you are starting to become aware of. So it's a lot worse than it actually is. But becoming aware of those thoughts of all those things you mentioned produce feelings. And then those feelings are the root of our beliefs, which create our behavior. And so it's getting to getting to those beliefs that is crucial. And for you and for most people, uh, again, just generalizing, but it's, you know, it can take work to get to the root of these is like, I'm not good enough. That's usually the root of everyone's fear and beliefs is, well, I'm not good enough because no one's signing up for coaching. Like I'm not an expert. I took this risk. I know I, I knew I should have done that. Like I'm not good enough. And so it's, I just ask a simple yes or no question and you can only answer yes or no. There's no in between. And the reason why I do this is because your brain is literally thinking in absolutes. It's what you just said, right? Is, well, I'm inadequate. Like people aren't signing up with me because I'm not this, I'm not this enough, whatever that means. And there's no dot, dot, dot. There's no comma. There's no buts. Your brain and how you are thinking, which creates an emotion inside of you, which reinforces your beliefs and your behaviors and everything. And it just repeats and recycles is it's just a period at the end of that. Just, I am not good enough, period. And so, of course, you're going to feel like crap. And so I just, and I ask you and everyone listening can just ask themselves this question is, okay, is this 100% absolutely black and white, fundamentally, foundationally true, yes or no, that I am not good enough for not signing clients? No, it's not. (laughs) No, right? And so you logically know that like, you know that that's the right answer to say, but how can you actually feel that inside your body? Ooh, good question. Just because I know, just feel it. It's in my chest. Perfect. I love it. So like, what is, so you said it's in your chest. What does that feeling feel like? It feels like worthiness and pride knowing Mm -hmm. that I'm good enough. But I mean, listen, I can't remember how I felt <laughs> three years ago when this is actually happening, right? So obviously mm-hmm. now I know how it feels to feel worthy. But Ben, why didn't I meet you three years ago? Because <laughs> <when laughs> I, was, I wasn't there either. Yeah, okay. We were, all, we were going through <laughs> right. it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 
And, but this, like, when you look at it that black and white, like you can't answer if, or maybe, or both. It's like, no, it's, am I a hundred percent unworthy? Am I a hundred percent like wrong? Am I a hundred percent not good enough? No. And so when you think about it that way, it's a lot easier to say no, because it is like, oh no, that's how I'm thinking and feeling that I'm a hundred percent unworthy but that's absolutely not true. No. So I can answer that. And then the second question I would ask is, does this benefit me? Yes or no? No. So does, no. So thinking that I'm unworthy does not benefit me. Right. And third question is like, what's another possibility instead of being a hundred percent unworthy because clients aren't signing up with me. What's another possibility scenario that you could think of? Maybe I just haven't found my people yet. That was what I, decided at the time which is true because as soon as I found my my niche and who I wanted to coach then it did turn around I love it right so instead of like if you could go back to I mean there's definitely childhood things for this too and if you believe in past lives there's so many different things that form these beliefs but if you could go back to three years ago or even before those things that we haven't talked about of unworthiness all those things what would you literally program into your mind and heart and body? Like if you could go back and program a new belief, what would you want to believe instead of I'm not good enough because I'm not getting clients? What would you, what do you want to believe? Yeah. If I could go back to that version of myself, it would be to believe that it will happen when it's supposed to happen and the clients will come when they're supposed to come and that it was all I obviously, like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. but, you know, to just know that it wasn't supposed to be the way that I had envisioned and that's okay. And now mm-hmm. obviously I can look back and I'm like, I'm so happy it happened that way because I learned so much from that year, which then led me to then go back into the working world and then leave again once I'd built up the client base. So, but something important is that And I wanted to just make this clear that at the time I thought I needed to change my circumstance. So I was like kind of being a victim. I was doing the thing of like life happening to me, not for me. And it was like, you know, I did the wrong course. I Mm -hmm. am doing things wrong on Instagram. I need to find a target audience, like all of those things. It was like, I was just desperate to change my circumstance because it wasn't my responsibility. It was out of my control. So it's just not true. And I coach that now your thoughts are responsible for your results. So I would go back and I wouldn't necessarily say, okay, Emma from three years ago, go and find your turning 30 niche. Cause that happened when it was supposed to anyway, but actually it was the thoughts that I needed to change the mindset like you said before the, the limiting beliefs. Once I managed to get through that and, and it was a hard process, it wasn't easy to do the work, but to actually understand I am worthy of being a coach and not just trying to get some, pay somebody to help me or pay somebody to give me the information or give me the clients that I needed. So I think that's also something really important to point out is that when we're fearful or when we want to make a decision, we always want to change the circumstance, but actually we need to change our thoughts instead. Yeah. Because you, you've brought this up before about just emotions, which is, it's a perception and we are always finding something wrong, right? It's, you can literally decide like some people, it, some people 
like where we're living, like whatever apartment or house we're in, some people would love it. Some people would hate it. You know, some people like an island, some people like a city. There's just so many different things. Like all of it is perception, preference, whatever. So yeah, it's, and same thing. Like if you grew up in Mexico, you speak Spanish, right? Versus us, we speak English. So like, that's our, like, that's what we learned. So we're literally being programmed to learn that way. Does that make it wrong? No, it's different. So the same way that you're learning a language, you're learning to believe that you're not good enough, that this isn't happening for you. But just like learning a language, you can literally learn to speak and think differently. Yes, actually love that. So, so true. And just to go back to what we were saying. So when you were coaching me and I was your client, so I still am your client now. So we had the two <laughs> different fears. We had the fear number one, the fear of failure, which I mm-hmm. have recapped what happened to me. And the second fear, which honestly, I think if I could pinpoint one fear that my clients talk about the most, it is this, it's the fear of what other people thinking which obviously causes comparison and and lots of other negative beliefs so how would you coach me on trying to stop giving a shit what other people think about me so first i want to we'll jump into like similar steps but i think it's important to realize it's it's actually nothing wrong with you like you're doing everything caring about what people think is completely Completely biological. It's and then it is only very exaggerated from social media and like the world that we live in. But literally, it's you want to care what people think, so you don't, so they don't cast you out from the tribe and then you die. So it's literally a survival mechanism inside of you. You are functioning exactly like you're supposed to function from your DNA, from your upbringing, from being a human. From your your brain is literally working exactly as it should in this moment. So there's nothing wrong with you for anything. Like you don't need to be fixed. Seriously. Like this is the major thing that I believe in, no matter where you are, how good or how bad that you label something, you're functioning exactly as you're supposed to up until this moment. Like you are literally like a perfect thing. That doesn't mean it's not ideal. Like what you've been feeling or going through. I'm not saying like, yay, like for abuse, you know, or yay for like, death but it's you're you're a product right the same thing with like where you grew up you're speaking things so why i say that is like you're not wrong or it's not like you're i same thing with fear i don't even believe in necessarily overcoming fear i understand the notion of it and the mindset of it but it's really it's like no like embracing it not trying to make fear or any emotion go away it's feeling it like truly feeling it and learn because you're a human. So you're going to feel emotions and you're going to care what people think. So that's a preface. And then going into what people think from your clients, what do they usually care most about? Is it just in general or what's something specific about what they care about? It's more, for example, what would someone say if they heard that they had made a decision that was not in line with who they, what they should do or, you know, what their parents would say if they heard that they started a job or what their friends would say if they decided they wanted to pack up all their stuff into boxes and go traveling. Amazing. Okay. So it's usually people who are close to them. So friends, right? Yeah. Or parents. So one thing, one tip I like to give, I, and I had a client one time who this really helped is 
he was worried about a similar thing about his mother and work colleagues caring about like what he did. So I specifically used his mom because he has a really close relationship with his mom and say, okay, look, Bob, your, your mom wants you to be happy, right? Yeah. She wants me to be really happy. Okay, cool. So does it going to make you more happy or less happy by staying in this life that you're staying in? by not living the life that you want to, by not being yourself. Okay, yeah, my mom would obviously want me to be happy. Okay, so if your mom wants you to be happy, does it make her less happy or more happy by you being less happy? It makes her less happy. Okay, cool. So by you staying in the life that you're in right now, you are less happy, which means the people that you care about and you worried about their opinion, they might not see it and understand it on the surface, but subconsciously, you are making not only yourself less fulfilled, you're literally hurting them by staying in the same position you're at. So I'm just completely reframing that instead of like worrying about what they think, you are not only hurting yourself, but you are uninspiring them, you're demotivating them. And in a lot of cases, you're making them less happy because even if they don't understand it, they want you to be happy. They want you to be happy. Yeah, I really agree with that. And actually, what I see most of my clients is that when they start to work on the relationship with themselves and manage their minds and, and feel their feelings and do all that, you know, the good stuff, their relationships with the, those around them drastically improve. But they didn't even mm -hmm. come to me with that as a goal. It was just, you know, I want to focus on my career or focus on dating or whatever. But in the end, it's always like, oh, it always comes out in my sessions like something amazing happens with one of their parents or a sibling or mm -hmm. a close friend. And exactly like you said, that's because if you are truly unhappy with who you are and you, you know, seeing and speaking to friends and hanging out with people on some level, even if it's not conscious, you know, they, it affects that. Them. they see that, they see that you're not mm -hmm. happy and, and it's an energy thing. So yeah, I really love that. And I also have one thing that I always tell clients and I guess tell myself or told myself when I used to worry about things like this, that nobody else in the world has to wake up in the morning and put on your clothes and open up your laptop and go out of your house and lock your front door apart from you. So why are you living your life according to what somebody else thinks? Because you're the only person that's ever going to benefit from having an opinion about yourself. So Yeah, and it's all a projection, right? You literally have an opinion about someone's opinion, right? So it's, again, it goes back to stories. And the same client, it was funny. One of the first things he told me was that his work colleagues are talking behind his back and saying, whatever you want to imagine, right? Of just how he sucks and how he's incompetent at his job. Da, 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 da. And then I think it was, you know, six or seven weeks in, he told me, Ben, like people aren't talking about me anymore. And I said, dude, they were never talking about you. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, dude, literally nothing has changed <laughs> except, except your belief about like your imagination is so powerful. You were imagining you were creating scenarios of them talking behind your back. Like when you walk down the hall or whatever, you see people laugh, you think it's about you. Right. And like, we all do that, but nothing had changed. Like they could be talking about, they still could be talking about him. Maybe that is true, but he's just changed his belief about it and his perception about it. So that's like the exact same thing, right? Is 
it's you have a projection about someone so you can literally lessen that you can strengthen that it's your choice it's you know what we're talking about like the practice no but yeah it's so true and i think that it is always a projection and the sad fact of it is is that no matter how anybody acts or thinks or speaks or behaves with us we never actually truly know what anybody thinks anyway so it's kind of feels like a bit of a waste of time to get lost in that yeah it's it's so fascinating and it's all how this works usually especially with parents right is they care about you so much they don't want you to get hurt i see this a lot right like they want you to go to college go to university get a job all the things it feels threatening to them if you don't do that it's literally threatening their reality like they wish they could do it so instead of viewing like you're disappointing them in a weird and not weird and really cool way you were inspiring them to go beyond what they think is possible and so again it goes back to like it's actually better for you it's better for them it's better for your family better for your friends and because we are just waiting for someone to prove whatever we think is impossible possible and yes it makes us uncomfortable but it at the end of the day it makes us man that's just how we progress like it, it's absolutely necessary completely and i just love all of your beliefs about fear about how it's not something that you have to overcome like you said it's something that you can embrace because there's a famous quote i think it's elizabeth gilbert from um, big magic when she says like get fear in the car and like put it mm. in the front seat and come along with me and i think that's actually when people make the most progress is when they stop trying to resist and push away fear and just accept that it's going to come with you you know no and matter you welcome what. it like same thing with anything with failure welcome it i don't believe in failure because i choose to believe that and someone could literally say well how is that possible it happens to me all the time because i believe that it's not failure it's literally redirecting me it's teaching me something it's and what you mentioned earlier right is there's so many like breakups that have happened the losing money there's so many things that i'm so grateful that never happened i'm so grateful that i didn't get what i want because i got something much better so it's just man it yeah it's just like welcoming it like welcoming those things and what it's like teaching you and to me fear is absolutely like the, your most terrifying fear is your greatest gift it's literally telling you hey listen this thing that you are really terrified of this is how you're going to actualize your greatest self right if you are afraid to be vulnerable and soft in a relationship it's once you lean into that and let that thing happen not only is the relationship going to be amazing but a lot of the times we don't realize how much that's going to benefit us in business and like other relationships and just self-fulfillment and happiness so there's so many different things that like your fear is showing you what you care about it's showing you where to go it's like literally a compass how i look at it is like okay i'm afraid so wherever i feel fear i'm going to look at that and understand it and feel it and then most of the case, most of the cases lean into it and it, it's just a it's a practice it's like you and i have talked about is you do more quote unquote risky things so you get more used to it but then for us right it's funny how it does turn into something what i'm doing right now like stillness you know getting off social media of if i stop doing what's going to happen you know so there we always have an edge 
but that's where my fear is. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I think this is a really nice way to end the podcast and just to link back to what we spoke about at the start is that I honestly believe, and I was really thinking it whilst you were just speaking, that the reason that your 30s are better than your 20s is because you're more, not everyone, but people who start to take more risks and want to get into, you know, personal development and self-growth and to look at themselves are able to embrace fear. And in our 20s, I think, obviously it develops throughout the decade. But when I think back to myself as someone in my early 20s, I was in a way innocently fearless. But then when it actually came Mm -hmm. to big life decisions, I was fearful. So maybe I would be fearless in terms of, oh, I would go and traveling and do more crazy stuff and obviously party more and all those things. But when it came to deciding my career, I very much did the right thing. I became a lawyer and was very much like, you know, living in society's boxes because of fear of being different. And now my 30s, and I know most of the people around me live their 30s so much happier because you've learned all those lessons, all those, you know, failures, not failures from your 20s. And it just only gets better once you like lean into it, just as you were saying. It's true. And it's funny, like probably in your early 20s, all that partying and stuff, you're really avoiding something or you're seeking something that's not really true. Of course. But that, that happens for all of us. Yeah. I look back now on the early 20s and I'm just like, I don't regret it, but it's funny to think of it. Imagine doing all this work now. I just can't imagine how that would have panned out. <laughs> I know, but you're exactly where you need to be. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, mindset uh, shift. So amazing. Ben, thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been an amazing chat and happy birthday for a few weeks time. <laughs> how are you celebrating? You. Oh man, I don't know. It's a weird time, right? So because it's 30, I really do. I should do something. I want to do something because like, so I'm the person who's really chill. Like to me, every day is pretty much a celebration. Meaning like I do what I want for the most, not most part. I mean, all the time. Technically, I mean, we're all doing, we all have a choice all the time. But like I'm aware of the choices I'm making, but I do want to make this special. I'm not sure. If you have an idea, let me know. Yeah. I will let you know. Um, But anyway, um, I know that you're off social media, but where can our audience find out more about you and about your coaching and just to learn more about what you do? Yeah, I mean, honestly, social media, there's still some dope stuff on there. So it's it's the fear guy. There's so many things on there. It'll keep you busy forever. And then my website is feeling-free.com. That's where you can go learn about coaching. Really, if you feel overwhelmed, by fear. Uh, I I absolutely love it. And you will too. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, my podcast is also called feeling free. And I that's what I'm diving deeper into. So the podcast feeling free is it's freaking good. Like, there's some things on there. Yeah, just go listen to it. Like, I'm really proud of it. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. I'll leave all the your details in the uh, blurb for the for the podcast episode so you can go and find that there so thanks again ben and i'll see everyone on the podcast next week